What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast. Big E back at it again. Talk about a bunch of MMA. Actually, there's not a ton going on this weekend, honestly. <laughs> I think it's the, what is it, Labor Day or some shit? I don't know, whatever weekend it is. It, there's not um, there's not a ton going on. So, you know, we're going to make the best of what we got. We're going to talk about some combat sports news. You know, Dana White's Contender Series uh, on every week. Kind of taking the place of the Ultimate Fighter on Tuesday nights. It started, it overlapped for like two weeks, but that was about it. But, you know, this is where they find their uh, their new up-and-coming stars a lot of times. Sugar Sean O'Malley making his start there in Season 2, I believe. And now he's the Bantamweight Champion of the World. Uh, just happened a couple weeks ago. So, you know, big things can happen from being on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, he got an extra special push, being that Snoop Dogg loved him so much. but. He performed as well, and that's what you got to do on that show. So we'll talk a little more about that. I was just uh, recapping a little bit of that for myself uh, just now, so I got some things to talk about with that one. And, you know, Dana White uh, always has a lot to say. <laughs> He's always in the spotlight. So there's some choice words for some choice fighters going on with uh, Dana White. Uh, especially after these Dana White Contender Series shows, a lot of the media likes to ask him questions about things going on throughout the week. So it's like an extra, it's an extra few minutes that they get to drill him with some of these questions. And a lot of times I don't think he wants to answer those questions at that time or hasn't had time to think about it. So he goes off the cuff and flies off the handle sometimes too. So there's that. Dana White always with something interesting, funny, cringy, annoying, stupid, or interesting to say. You never know what you're going to get from him. So that's that. And then we had last weekend's uh, last weekend's event, UFC Singapore, with uh, the Korean Zombie versus Max Holloway. And I'm sure if you guys all watched it, you saw that the Korean Zombie retired and not so gracefully unfortunately but still a memorable moment for him i i think the way that he got to walk out of the cage and and all that so we'll hit that up here in a bit those are some good fights going on on that card and then we got another card coming up this weekend another international card ufc paris uh ufc's hitting paris again uh also headlining again with cyril gone like they did last time i i don't believe there was another one in between i'm pretty sure that was the last event that happened in Paris was Cyril Gon versus Taitui Vasa. I might check on that in a minute. But uh see what else? Not a ton. Not a ton of stuff going on. So this might be a bit of a shorter show, which is cool because past couple weeks I've gone a little long. Last week we went long, me and Clark, but we had fun. We had a good time. So if you haven't checked it out, go check out last weekend's recap of UFC 292. We talk about everything that happened there, the changing of hands with one of the belts, all the rest of the fights. We talked about the prime card and all of the controversy and drama that's going on around that because there was a press conference. Oh, my eyes are burning. Um, There was a press conference and there was a lot of craziness happening with that one. And we got some funny clips out of that, honestly. 
I haven't clipped up a bunch of it, but I did make a TikTok. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Look at that right there. TikTok right now. Go around podcast. Go check it out. I realized just a minute ago that I do need to change my Twitter logo because it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. I don't know. Everybody still calls it Twitter, though, right? I mean, everyone still talks about people tweeting and about tweets and all that. I don't know that Twitter, the Twitter moniker is ever really going to go away. Everyone still knows it as Twitter. It's really weird going from something like a, a word like Twitter. What is that? Three. What do you call those when, when you can like clap out the, I don't know. You know, that's elementary school shit. And I can't remember. Okay. I'm not the best. I'm not the best at remembering everything, but is it really relevant? Who gives a shit? You go from a, a word that you have to say, like Twitter, a bunch of T's in there. It's catchy. And then you drop it to X. Just X. I mean, X was cool when you're talking about DMX. When you're talking about Exhibit. When you're talking about... Yeah, those might be the only cool things. But X or social media that was called Twitter for so long, and that's how everybody knows it. That's like if Facebook changes to... I don't know, what would it be? Facebook changes to... I, I can't even think of anything because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> So, whatever. It, it's dumb. We're not even going to go there. Anyway, go check out all of my social media. It's always running right there. I don't, I, it's hard to... The camera's flipped, you know? Things are weird, whatever. You see it on the screen. Going Rounds Podcast everywhere except for X, formerly known as Twitter. It's Going Rounds Pod. That's how you can find me there. I don't tweet a ton, but you can go check out a bunch of cool stuff on all the rest of the platforms. And don't forget to like and subscribe right here on YouTube, as usual. And if you're in the chat, hit me up. Uh, let me know your opinion on any of the topics I'm talking about. Uh, put some questions at me. Say what's up. I don't care. Just try to be nice, and I'll be nice, and I'll have a good time. All right? So, uh, for me, this week, it's been a weird week. Uh, but it's always a weird week or a shitty week or something. I don't know. Apparently, I'm too negative sometimes. I guess I am. But, you know, I, I'm also real. I like to be real. And, and guess what? If my week was shitty, I'm going to say it's shitty. This week has been just weird, though. I wouldn't say shitty. Just weird. Uh, it went from flying by. Like, I feel like Wednesday just popped up out of nowhere. And then today just felt like it dragged so long. Which is good because I had plenty of time to get everything ready for the podcast. And I'm happy about that. Got to visit with Trin. Bennett Trin, everywhere, all social media. Check out her YouTube and her Twitch. She's a little bit in between streaming right now, but, you know, still check it out. Go watch all of her clips on YouTube and follow her everywhere. She'll be back at it again soon. She's been busy. Lots of work, lots of school, and that's been keeping her busy. But I got to visit with her a little bit. So I was doing that before I jumped on here. That was fun. It's always good to visit with my daughter that has moved out, fortunately for me. <laughs> but it's always nice to sit down and conversate with her. And I'm happy about that. And yeah, that's about it. Nothing else really crazy going on. I think we have a three-day weekend coming up, which is good. A little bit of a break from the grind. And maybe some time to do some changing of the background. I say that all the time. Probably won't happen. <laughs> maybe some other creative stuff. Hopefully I get some motivation this weekend. That'd be 
That would be cool. Otherwise, it's time to go. It's time to get to it. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about, and that's MMA and combat sports. Lots of UFC coming your way. We'll get started with some combat sports news. And we'll talk about the now former Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling. He was on a podcast with Bradley Martin. Um, if you haven't heard of Bradley Martin, he's kind of a gym rat, influencer type kind of a douche if you think about the things he says. He likes to challenge people to street fights. He says he's like the best street fighter. I don't know that he really street fights anybody though. He talks a lot of shit, but he's wrapped up with uh, Brendan Schaub and and uh, I think it's called Zoo Culture is the, the famous gym. A bunch of influencers go there. They basically set up cameras all over the place and they're always filming themselves at Zoo Culture. So either way, he has a podcast and a lot of fighters have been going on it recently. Check it out, I guess. There's a lot of interesting things being said out there. But Eljo was on there uh, after, of course, losing his belt, and he got a little emotional. I think Marab was on there with him, too, but I only saw clips. I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I think Marab was on there with him as well. But Marab's English isn't the best, so uh, it looked like he was just kind of sitting there holding the mic, not really talking a bunch. But it was during an emotional moment for Aljamain Sterling. You know, he kind of no-sold the, the loss like it wasn't a big thing, like... He knew that he fucked up a little bit and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was just one of those things where it was kind of like, it's weird he's taking this a little too easy. But he did get emotional, and, and this is what he had to say. People only see the wins. They don't see all the other shit. It was just like win or lose. It was one of those, like, I'm going to try to do this as best as I can. And at the end of the day, I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, dude, you gave it, every, you gave it everything you had. And th that was it for me. I tell people, if you got a fucking dream, you go for it. Life is short and it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, you can at least be like, fucking tried. You fucking tried. It's weird the way this was transcribed, I guess. Uh, he goes on and says, if you if you never tried, it's easy to sit there from your couch and judge people and say this and that. You suck. You should be doing something else. I'm just happy I stuck with it. And who would have thought almost 10 years later, seven years later, I'd be fucking a world. I'd be a fucking world champion defending the belt three times, which is a good feat for him. And in that division, especially uh, nine fight win streak fought all over the world, bought my mama house. Big ups to him for that one, too. That's good shit. Life's good. It could be so much worse. So, you know, and he got choked up when he was talking about this. He he got tears in his eyes, and I, I think it just kind of hit him right then. And he was being real and, and, and speaking from the heart. And, you know, I got to give it to him. I, I feel for him, and, and I think it was good for him to get that out. Kind of a strange moment for with a strange, I guess, person to do that with. But maybe Bradley is actually better at podcasting than I thought. He kind of brought it out of him, maybe, or he just touched on something there with, with Eljo, and, and that clip was, you know, being put out there and passed around. I don't know that it really went viral. I'm just saying it was out there. I saw it a lot. Just listening to him speak that way and be real about it kind of makes you feel for him, you know? The way that all, all of the hatred he gets and all of the 
just nastiness towards him because of how he won the belt. It, it doesn't seem to matter to anybody that all of the things he accomplished on the way, all of the things he's accomplished since, who cares how he won the belt? Because he, if he would have fought that second time, he won again. And it may not have been the way you like for people to win, but he won again. And he retained the belt. Then he moved on and fought some other big names and continued to win. So whether you like it or not, that's what he did. And I feel like he deserves a little more respect than he's getting. But there's just something about Aljo that people don't like. And I guess it's not going to change until maybe time, maybe an event of some sort, maybe a different fight. Something might happen down the road and maybe the opinions and and the thoughts on him might change but i just feel for the guy and it sucks and part of the reason why i feel for the guy because he gets it from all angles it's not only the fans it's not only the other fighters it's dana white uh oh geez you gotta be shitting me right now there it is that was weird that was a little bit of a delayed reaction i think i know what's wrong with me i haven't taken a sip yet here's How am I going to make a nice, fresh drink and not take a sip? the hell's wrong with me? Anyway. So, yeah. He gets it from all angles. Including Dana. Especially Dana sometimes. Dana had this to say after the Contender Series uh, fights on Tuesday. He said everybody in this... Oh, when he was asked about El Jermaine, uh Sterling and Marab Devalishvili not wanting to fight each other. And... Marab basically said, I I think Aljo should get the immediate rematch and I'll just sit back and wait. And Dana White is just not having that shit. He said, everybody in this room and everybody that watches this video knows how I feel about this shit. Uh, White said at last night's contender. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just part of the article. Uh, he continued saying, yeah, I hate it. And if that's why you... If that's... Okay, so there's a lot of stopping. I he kind of I guess it's like me. I stop and start and weird He said, "Yeah, I hate it." And if that's why did you even get into this sport if that's your mentality in the way that mentality in the way that you think? I don't even I I should have proofread this because I I ripped this directly from an article so that I could get the quote in there. And I guess I did it a little too fast cuz I should have made some sense of it or at least read it a couple times first. But that's okay. I don't care. We're going to we're gonna get it done anyway. Uh, he said... <laughs> let me pick up where I left off. I don't want the champ... Hold on. Your mentality in the way that you think. I don't even want the title. I don't want the championship. We're friends. We're this. We're that. So this is Dana talking too. So he gets all fired up and starts rambling. He continues saying, This is not... You could be friends with everybody in this business. There's a lot of nice people in this business. A lot of good people. This is not about friendship. It's about finding out who the best in the world is. And if you don't want to find out who the best in the world is, this is not the place for for you. You should be somewhere else. There's plenty of places to fight where they don't give a shit what you do. Doesn't work here. So, I mean, those are some strong words. Basically, what he's saying is you're not here to make friends and keep friends and, and worry about friends. If you want to be friends, do it somewhere else. You're here to fight. Find out who the best in the world is. And, you know, Marab is basically the number one contender, the number one person. And he's just not fighting Aljamain because 
he's the champ they're training partners they're friends they're like brothers so and they've come up together so it's 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 hard man it is a tough thing but i heard an interview who was that with max holloway actually was on the andrew schultz podcast and he was saying schultz brought up you know hey what happens if you were uh, offered a ton of fucking money to fight a friend or a training partner a teammate and and max said hey let's make that money he said we we fight in training who gives a shit we fight in training anyway why not get paid for it let's make a bunch of fucking money and 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 let's do it and that's a good way to think about it as well I, but at the same time if you're like Marab and and Eljo where you're fighting for the top contender spot now that Eljo dropped the belt if that was supposed to be like a tighter title eliminator match you're not only fighting your friend and teammate and brother but you're fighting somebody that you care about and taking away one of them is going to take the other person's kind of hard work and dream away from them by beating them now yeah of course you can come back up and all that shit but that there's a little bit more involved there but max says he's down but max is a savage and max is a really nice guy too so it's kind of weird just to see have him have that kind of perspective on it but to him it's like hey let's make this money let's fight we're gonna fight anyway you know we fight and practice pretty much let's get paid for it so i mean both ways work i i i don't have a strong strong opinion either way but i do think it's it's tough that there can't be any kind of consideration for the relationship here you know if this was one of dana's privileged fighters then maybe he wouldn't be so hard on him i don't know would he or would he not would he give a shit would he give him a break i don't know but it just seems like he goes hard on aljo all the time and now he's going hard on marab and it's really weird because they're a part of team sarah longo matt sarah ray longo matt sarah it does dana white looking for a fight with dana he's really close with him and no matter what he's con dana's constantly fucking with matt sarah's fighters so i'm like does he really not like sarah i mean you would think that they do a show together and they're supposed to be traveling around together because they're friends but dana's always fucking with all of matt sarah's fighters i don't know what it is there's some kind of stigma there for him and he just doesn't like it which is odd because you would think he likes matt sarah why wouldn't he like his fighters you know he's telling chris weidman to retire i don't fully disagree with that but you know he's telling marab and, and eljo just to suck it up and quit being a bunch of bitches basically uh he he didn't give one of uh sarah longo fighters a contract even though they won during a dana white's contender series there's all kinds of shit that's happened so it's a little weird like what the fuck are you doing man you don't he doesn't care about any of that shit it's all business for him and that's fine you know he's worth what four four billion four point two six billion or I, who, who fucking knows how much money he's worth now but he's worth a lot of money and i guess it's the way to get there not give a shit uh and 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 take care of business i guess that's what it is so maybe that's why he had somebody trying to break into his house in uh maine i think or connecticut i don't remember which one it was maine i think it was but he has a house there and it, it was caught on on his uh like ring doorbell or some shit the, some guy came up to the door and started trying to kick the door in and i guess he got a call at 4 30 in the morning and 
they were like, yeah, somebody just tried to break in your house. The guy decided, the guy noticed at the last minute that there was a camera, tried to rip it off, and instead rang the doorbell like a fucking idiot. So Dana was offering $2,500 for anybody that had information as to who the guy was. Apparently, the video got spread quickly, and the police department had the guy within hours. So I don't even know that anybody got the $2,500. Kind of weird that that's all he offered. I mean, that's a lot of money to some people. I mean, that's a lot of money to me, I think. I like just for not doing anything, just to get $2,500 to give some information. But he's worth how much? And he doesn't want to give up like five grand. Like, hey, five grand, fucking anybody gives me information for this fuck. <laughs> so it's a little strange. But it is, it, it's just strange. I don't know. Dana's a weird guy. But sticking on to Dana. Gotta be kidding me. I went through all of this. I don't understand. Oh, this is why. I do this all the time. I, I, I need to pay more attention. Somehow, I have this thing called the stream deck. And, it, and I have everything laid out here for me. But because I get into talking about what I'm talking about, I always skip over a fucking button. That's why you'll see me have to go back from picture to picture. But this is what Eljo and Marab had to say on X. <laughs> or this is what they tweeted. Eljo says, everyone's making this so complicated. Either way, I am with you, brother. Marab said, I don't I don't get what the problem is. There's no question of who should fight for the title now. It's Eljo or me. Because, actually, they're trying to say Cheeto Vera is going to get the title fight. Uh, the first, you know, title defense for Sean O'Malley will be Cheeto. Because Eljo said he wanted to take a break. Now he's saying he doesn't. I don't know. It's a little back and forth. Marab doesn't want to... Doesn't want to you know jump over Eljo and and take the belt he wants him to get a rematch and Dana's basically saying fuck all this uh Cheeto has a win over Suga that's the only person that Suga Sean has ever lost to so why not give Cheeto and he also won on the same night that that Sean O'Malley won so why not give him the fight so that's that's what this is about um but yeah sticking on the Dana train here um he also said in the press conference, I, when asked about Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey coming back for UFC 300, because, you know, they, they make those nice round numbers. A, uh, they like to make them very special and big and, and all that. Even though things go south sometimes, they like to make them big time events. So someone, you know, rumors have been going around about Ronda Rousey, possibly even Brock Lesnar. Both of them are kind of wrapping up their WWE uh, contracts right now. So he says, I don't think Brock's, I think Brock's done. I don't think he ever comes back. And when it comes to Ronda, he said, there's no shot. She's accomplished everything she set out to do. And he elaborated a little bit saying, Ronda has a family. Uh, Ronda's doing big things everywhere else. She, she wants to just spend time with her family and, and raise her family and, and spend time on her farm and all this other shit. And Brock has all the money in the fucking world. So they're both doing pretty good. I don't think either one of them needs to step back in the cage. Maybe Ronda would have more reason to come back because of the way that she went out and the way that uh, the way that things ended for her. I could see maybe, but at the same time, she's a very sore loser. She went and hid after she lost, which is fine if, you know, just mental things happened and she needed to get away for that. But it was a very strange way to go out and a very bad way to take that loss. So, 
everyone's pretty much doubting or dana says it's an absolute no but then again he doesn't always tell the truth nor does he always know what's going to happen in the near future so take it with a grain of salt let's move on to another thing that has to do with dana white which is only because it's called dana white's contender series happening every tuesday espn plus um it's it's pretty early you know usually it's five o'clock p.m start time in arizona for me so you know it's pretty early compared to the way the other fights go but this was the lineup for this week i didn't cover it last week because we had plenty to talk about me and clark and uh i don't know that he really even follows the contender series and it wasn't crazy last week anyway so but this week we had some time for it so i figured let's get into it dana white's contender series tuesday we had this is week four of the of the series or season i guess they call this a season i don't know we had uh ramirez versus uh Pratis. Bugari versus Tulio. Uamba versus Vogel. Peterson versus Cole. And Oki versus Salvador. Uh, so I guess only three of the f- five fights uh, had a someone get a contract. So there was only three contracts awarded. Let's go with... I wanted to see Ramirez versus Prates or Prates. I'm not sure which one it is. It might be Prates. But he, uh, Prates won second round TKO. Sounded like he had in his first round. Uh, Actually, let's go with this first here. These were the winners. Balaji Oki is, is the first one here. Uh, Tom, what was it? Tommy Peterson? And uh, Carlos Prates were the winners of the contracts. And the Prates versus Ramirez fight, it seemed like Prates... uh, Ramirez got a couple in, of course, as usual. It's a fight. You know, they're out there to show what they got. But Prates, it sounded like he got quite a bit of volume. It was about a 70% landing rate for his uh, punches and strikes. So Dana seemed to be pretty impressed by that and, uh, you know, said pretty much that he had one of the best first rounds out there. Uh, Great combinations, lots of volume. And in the end, he got the win. Uh, So, and he got the win and the contract. That was good. Moving on to, this was actually the first night, the first fight of the night, and it kicked it off with a bang because... Uh, Bolaji Oki opened up with massive strikes and wound up with a first round. Oh no, <laughs> my H locked up on me. What the hell? Um, uh, yeah, so he uh, first round TKO by punches, and they were they were fast, they were crazy. This guy looks like he's got some talent. Um, you know, that's him defending a high kick right there. And in the end, he got the win by TKO. But yeah, it looks like he's got some hands on him and some strikes that are going to be good for the UFC. And he'll definitely be somebody to look at. If he can hang with the 
higher level guys and the guys that put out the same amount of strikes and and same kind of fight style that he has i think he could be good he looked like an exciting fighter one of those guys that you might want to watch out for so moving on to thomas peterson or tommy peterson these are the big boys fighting uh heavyweight uh he got a key lock submission in round two so the big boy with the submission you know he, of course his his strikes got him to the got him to the ground and he wound up getting down there to get his first submission ever in his career apparently he's uh nine and oh seven of those finishes being by ko or tko so he's getting a lot of strikes uh in and and big strikes and getting finishes with them but this time he impressed with that uh key lock submission or americana maybe um i think is the other way to uh to say what that's or to what, the other name for that submission i think it's similar either way the big man with the win by submission and he gets a contract as well so this week only three out of the five fights with the contract i don't know what happened last week honestly i didn't even pay attention uh the other there was one other guy that fought on this card try to remember who it was oh use usury Bul bulgari i believe uh let me see if i yeah he's a former He's a former kickboxing, former kickboxer who competed against Alex uh, Pereira and uh, Israel Adesanya and others. And it looked like uh, he's now a training partner of Alex Pereira uh, with Glover Teixeira. So that's kind of crazy. And a lot of people were talking about the fact that this guy was in there and he was supposed to be somebody to look out for. And he lost, unfortunately. I think it was by, yep, unanimous decision. So he lost all three rounds. I mean, it is what it is. It wasn't very impressive, though. And I guess Dana wasn't too impressed with the other two fighters that fought that night. So they did not get contracts. He did have good things to say about both of them, though. Um, telling them that, you know, he thinks he'll see both of them in UFC somewhere down the road. So yeah, let's move on to last week's event. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I pushed the wrong button. Now I got all kinds of stuff playing here. There we go. <laughs> let's get to UFC Singapore. See, I'm thinking today, I'm like, man, I got things ready early and I had plenty of time. I'm like, oh, it's going to run smooth today. Now... It doesn't run smooth. That's all right. I'm by myself. I do everything on my own. It is what it is. Sometimes I fuck up. I don't care. I make it right, and we keep going. UFC Singapore. This was a pretty decent card. I I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch a lot of the under undercard. Um, looks like there was some exciting fights, though. A lot of TKO wins. JJ Aldrich won by TKO in the second round versus Na Liang. Billy Goff beat Yusaka Inoshita by TKO in the first round. Michael Olegzaychuk beat uh, Chidi Njikwani by TKO in the first round. Garrett Armfield beat Toshiyami 
Hazama by TKO in the first round as well. A lot of first round finishes. Wow. Waldo Cortez Acosta versus La uh, Lacaz Brzezki. Acosta won by KO in the first round. So, yeah, a lot of first round KO or TKOs. So, that's pretty nice. Only two decisions in the undercard. But first, let's talk about. Speaking of mistakes, I wasn't the only one, okay? I listened to other I listened to other podcasts and I thought it was kind of funny. I was laughing because I don't know if you watched last if you watched last episode, me and Clark were I was confused because me and Clark were talking about how <laughs> I thought it was Justin Taffa, right? Justin Taffa's on the left here. Well, his brother is Junior Tafa, and he's on the right. Junior Tafa is the one that fought last week. We were talking about Justin Tafa. Now, Justin Tafa did beat uh, Parker Porter by KO, and that's what Clark was saying. And I was like, yeah, I thought so too. But on the record, it was only showing like 4-1 and one and no fight against Parker Porter, and that's because it was Junior Tafa that was actually fighting. So maybe that's a bit confusing. I don't know, but so even some of the bigger podcasts, we're talking about, we're saying Justin Taffa over and over again. I don't feel so bad. Fuck up. It is what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I like to call myself out when I screw up like that because I, I've had some screw ups lately too. I don't know. My brain is just not working with me. I don't care. I like to be real though. So if you noticed it, you noticed it. Good for you. Um, thanks for not just calling me out in a rude way. But yes, I fucked up on that one. So Clark, if you're listening or if you listen to this at any point, we were wrong. None of us had it right, but that's okay. So Justin Taffa beat Parker Porter by TKO or something in the past. Sometime not, not too long ago. And his brother, Junior Taffa, was fighting Parker Porter on UFC Singapore. And he also got the win. Nice big uppercut here. Uh, kind of catching the body. And then he lands this crazy knee and winds up getting the win in the first round by KO with a punch. So this knee was only the beginning of all of the craziness. But Junior Taffa acting like his big bro. I think he's the little brother. I would assume with the name like Junior, right? But <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. And now I know that Junior Taffa is the one that does not have all the crazy tattoos on his sides. Or around his belly I'm gonna remember this one because I don't, I don't want to make that mistake again I was actually kind of embarrassed by that one that sucks but that's all right <laughs> so junior Tafa with the win over Parker Porter and now poor Parker Porter <laughs> he's got a fucking he's got kind of a dumb name Parker Porter I'd hate my name if I that was my name but uh he, he's a decent fighter but the poor guy is now lost against both Tafa brothers that's unfortunate for him. Who knows? Maybe Dana will make them fight each other. He's going to be like, oh, you guys are blood brothers? Yeah? Well, if you want to do anything in this sport, if you, so you want to be a fighter, then you got to fight each other. I don't give a fuck. Tell your mama to stop crying. You guys are going to fight each other. <laughs> he might come out screaming about it. What's up, everybody? The Tafa brothers fighting each other today. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen any of his. <laughs> I'm fucking sounding crazy myself right now. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his fucking 
announcements for fights. This motherfucker comes out screaming, or the fucking Fridays, how about that? Watch the fucking Fridays on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Every time he starts, the, his fucking veins start popping out of his head because he's like screaming. Like, Dana, the camera's like two feet away from you. You don't have to scream like a fucking moron. And he just looks so stupid as he's screaming about it. Probably about as stupid as I felt trying to do what he does. <laughs> I'm an asshole. That's all right, because so is he. So, and he's unapologetic about it. Let's move on. Aaron Blanchfield versus uh, Tyla Santos. I think I kept calling her Talia Santos. I don't know why. Got that fucking letter mixing up of there of the name. It's Tyla Santos, not Talia. I'm being dyslexic. So, Blanchfield. I, I knew this was... I, I thought this might be a tough fight for her because Santos has really good striking. And she gave... Valentina Shevchenko a hell of a fight when she fought her for the for the belt and she almost got her in a submission and almost beat her because a lot of people were like holy fuck this is like the Dominic Reyes to John Jones fight um a lot of people were wondering if that was kind of the downfall of Valentina Shevchenko because of the fight against Santos and how close it was but in this fight Aaron Blanchfield showed why she's such a dominating force and Winds up with a unanimous decision win. All three rounds. But she looked pretty dominant all the way through. And did everything she normally does. Starting with strikes. And then getting people to the ground. And dominating down there as well. Getting the positions. And putting people in. You know. Uh, yeah, just exposing them on the ground. I, I lost my train of thought there. Of course. <laughs> the drink's not helping, goddammit. It's supposed to be helping me think better. I just drink more and not worry about it. But yeah, Aaron Blanchfield with that win against Tyla Santos. I said her name correctly this time. Aaron Blanchfield is putting herself in position to become a contender, though, because now she's fighting bigger names. She's getting those wins. She's definitely looking to try to get a title fight soon. Uh, I don't know that she should be fast-tracked real hard. Um, there's there's so much other things going on in the flyweight division right now. Maybe not a ton, but enough to where I think she could maybe have another another good fight against another big name and then put herself in there. She's 12-1 overall. She's undefeated in the UFC. Um, she only has one loss to Tracy Cortez back in Invicta in 2019. So it's tough holding on to that undefeated uh undefeated record even though it's not undefeated overall it is undefeated in the UFC. She's a tough girl to fight though. She gets you down to the ground and she punishes you down there and she holds you down there and it's tough as hell to get out from under her. So we'll see what she's got coming up next for her. As for now Tyler Santos with the L, unfortunately, to uh, Aaron Blanchfield. Unanimous decision, though. It's not like she lost by submission. Or that's that's the other thing that Blanchfield will get all the time is a really good submission on somebody. But Santos didn't have to deal with that this time. Moving on, we got. I got to get this guy's name right. 
Renya Nakamura versus Fernie Garcia. As you can see, Nakamura with the crazy eye kicks and the crazy hair as well. <laughs> but uh, Fernie Garcia getting kicked in the face. Not good for him. And the head kicks continued. This one got defended a little bit there. But uh, seems like Nakamura got the best of Garcia for the most part overall. Unanimous decision. Um, let's see. What is a uh, little bit of ground and pound there too. Nakamura is 8-0, so undefeated. Wow, he looks way different when he has a different hairstyle and doesn't have color in it. That's a weird picture. This is his uh, second fight and second win in the UFC. He's coming from the road to the UFC, uh, Singapore and Abu Dhabi editions, I guess. Uh, yeah. So four fights overall under the UFC banner, but only two that were the actual UFC events. But he's 8-0 overall and seems to be doing well. Little step up in competition coming next for him, I bet. Interesting enough, his uh, fight name, fighting nickname is the uh, Hybrid, which used to be Brendan Schaub's nickname. I although I think he said his was the Hybrid. Either way, kind of weird. Bernie Garcia, I hadn't really heard much about this guy, but he is 10 and 4 overall. But this is his third straight loss in the UFC. So you can expect to see that fighter removed from the uh from the uh twitter account with the red x that always shows when people get cut from the ufc because yeah that's the third third loss in a row in a matter of a little over a year so i'm not sure that he's gonna he's a dana white contender series fighter as well but he hasn't gotten a win in the ufc yet so i highly doubt they're gonna let him stick around so moving on to Higa Chikadze versus Alex Caceres. I was a little bit disappointed in this one. I thought Caceres would give Higa a little bit more of a fight, but it didn't seem to go that way. Higa got the win by unanimous decision. Um, let's see. I don't want it to check and see. Ah, uh, oh well. Well, that puts Giga Chikadze back in the win column because he had a loss against Calvin Cater in his last fight before this one. And Alex Caceres, unfortunately, gets another loss. Uh, let's see. Oh, no. He was on a two-fight win streak, so he gets his win streak snap. What's up? Uh, man, I don't know what that name is. Guntricity? Okay. What's going on? <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Just going over some USC Singapore action. I got a lot to talk about when it comes to the Korean Zombie versus Max Holloway. That's what I'm looking forward to here. But I definitely got to go through some of these fights from the rest of the card. Because, uh, you know, Giga got this win over uh, Alex Caceres. Which, I like Alex Caceres a lot. But, you know, he is kind of a streaky fighter. It's like he goes on win streaks and then he goes on lo losing streaks. Giga's always there trying to get big wins against um, against anybody he can fight, really. And I feel like Giga is trying to make his way up there for contention. But, because, uh, yeah, he was on a pretty decent win streak before he lost to Kelvin Cater. 
who is no joke. That's a tough opponent there. So, but yeah, he gets back in the win column here with a win over Alex Caceres. Let's move on. This was an interesting fight. We had Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. So, I don't know. I feel like Anthony Smith was kind of... He looked like he was kind of sluggish, man. Like, it didn't look... He didn't look very crisp and, and, and like, clean with all of his strikes. He looked like he was a bit... Almost like he was fighting at altitude. Like, he was a little bit winded. Uh... Kind of, kind of slow here and there, but I heard a lot of people talking about how everything looked crisp and clean and fast, and I don't know. Something looked a little bit off, but that's just kind of how I feel like Anthony Smith has been fighting lately. Um, his fight before this one, I wasn't too impressed with him either, and that was a loss to Johnny Walker. I feel like he struggled a lot in that fight, and he shouldn't... I don't feel like he should be struggling against Johnny Walker like that. Now, this is the second straight win for Alex Smith over Ryan Spann. The last time he got him, uh, he submitted him in the first round by a rear naked choke. So this one at least went uh, all three rounds. And it was a split decision win for Anthony Smith, who I don't know that he was actually confident that he was going to win this fight at the end. But, uh, you know, he, he gave it his all. He got a nice big shiner on that eye, which you'll see here. Big mouse under the eye. He looked at it quite a bit. Uh between rounds and you know he, he said he could see it was kind of weird because i thought maybe it's because it was singapore but i thought this whole rule change thing was in effect where they weren't going to shine the light in, in guys eyes and stuff like that and give them time but maybe it's because it was in singapore that none of that really came into play but i did see the doctor shining the light in his eye asking him if he could see and all that shit uh but he seemed to be able to see everything so um, he said it was bugging him, but it wasn't anything crazy. So it was good to see him get a win again. I do like Alex Smith, but there's something about him that I feel like just is lacking when he fights. And I, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like ever since he got just annihilated by Glover uh, a while back and he got his teeth knocked out and all that shit, I just feel like he's not really the same fighter. But in this fight, you know... He got the best of Ryan Span, gets a split decision win, and goes home with that. So he was happy with the win, I guess, overall. And I was listening to the Believe You Me podcast with him and uh shit, why did I just space on the fucking name? Oh my god. How do I fucking forget his name? Wow, I can't remember his fucking name. Anyway, the British fucking fighter. Believe you me. He says that shit all the time. Damn it. I can't remember his name. Wow, well, whatever. Anyway, he was on that podcast. He seemed like he wasn't extremely happy with the win, but at the same but but happy enough with it and the fact that he got that win. So and it was kind of crazy to see the two guys who do the podcast together talking to each other in the post fight, you know, uh interview in the cage. So that that was a nasty mouse under Anthony Smith's eye though. And it, it looked pretty bad still a couple days later. But he got the win. And Ryan Spann's going to go back to the drawing board, unfortunately, for him. Uh, the second loss in a row to Alex Smith. And it just seems like he just can't seem to get the win. Over, or and I keep saying Alex Smith, right? It's Anthony Smith. What the fuck is wrong with me? Anthony Smith. <laughs> but uh, this is Ryan Spann's second straight loss. Uh, 
his other one being against Nikita Krylov uh, in March of this year. So two straight losses in 2023. Always got to get it together, man. Um, but let's move on to the main event. Max Holloway versus Korean Zombie. This was a fucking great fight. I, I, I mean, I love both these guys. Korean Zombie's a fucking legend. There's no doubt about it. You're always entertained by him, no matter what, in all of his fights. Whether he's losing or winning, it's entertaining. And the same thing goes for Max Holloway. Max Holloway is such a good dude. He's so, he's so entertaining. He's such a fucking character. Just the way that he talks and carries himself and the way that he fights is insane and fun and, and crazy. So I love all of it. And to fight somebody like the Korean Zombie, he lives up to his name. You can't deny the legend of the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Dude looks like he doesn't age either. I mean, how old is he now? Let's see. 36. I mean, he's not that old either. So I guess, uh, but he still looks the same as he did when he first started fighting. Just the hair has changed pretty much. <laughs> I think his haircut back in the day is the only thing that made him look a little younger. But, uh, yeah. They had a good exchange in the first round. Um, this went to the third round, but it was fireworks all the way through. I mean, and, and you can't expect anything else with a Korean zombie or a Max Holloway fight. Uh, of course, there's a lot more action to cover. Korean zombie kind of started off a bit slow, but uh, they both kind of were filling each other out a little bit here and there. Zombie's walkout to the octagon was pretty special. Like, he was fucking feeling it for sure. Of course, walking out to Cranberry's Zombie, that song. You know, that song gets anybody hyped when played at the right time. And being that he's the Korean Zombie, it's just fucking iconic. Now, I don't know if you ever seen the Bellator walkout of P Peter Queeley uh, walking out to that song as well in Ireland. That was pretty iconic as well, especially with the commentator, um, the words that he had to say and the bit of the like dialogue that he went into while Peter Quilly was walking out was pretty badass. All of that put together made for a special moment. And this this was the same, maybe even better when it came to Zom Korean Zombie coming out. Everybody was singing along. Everybody was happy. Everybody was waving flags and jumping up and down. And know, knew every word to every part of that song. And he was feeling it. You know, he was out there putting his hands out to his ears saying, hey, I want to hear it get louder. He's looking around, taking it all in, man. It was, a, it was a special moment for sure. And that was only the first moment of this entire night when it came to this fight. But, you know, Zombie got his punches in. Uh, I felt like he, he kind of wobbled Max a little bit here. Uh, in one of the, I think it might have been in the second round. He was definitely landing punches on Max, but Max is such a durable guy, man. He he, he can take so much punishment. And just the amount of punches that he can take just to get in on somebody and, and land bigger punches of his own is pretty impressive. And I hope that he doesn't pay for that later in his life because his fight style is definitely a dangerous one. But he carries it well. He speaks well still. Um, and yeah, he's just entertaining. 
super entertaining. But of course, after Zombie got some of his own punches in there and and did a little did well for himself here for a minute, Max came back and started putting it on him. And in the third round, definitely, uh, or I'm sorry, in the second round, he dropped him. And Max thought it was over. Didn't want to land any unnecessary punches. As you can see, Mark Goddard there was looked like he was about to stop the fight. Realized that Zombie was okay. Max was just like, I'm not touching him. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to drop any unnecessary punches on him. Goddard didn't stop the fight. So Max then jumped down in and actually tried to jump into a submission. And in true Korean Zombie fashion, he survived this deep fucking choke here uh i mean max was doing everything he possibly could look at him looking at 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 the ref like waiting for him to call it and zombie just stayed in there and i think at some point max even told him hey he's out he's out and uh what do you call it uh fucking oh shit i pressed the wrong button again um <laughs> Mark Goddard actually just uh, like grabbed his arm and and lifted it up and zombie like kept it up there made sure he knew that he was still in it and then he got himself out of that choke it was pretty nutty man in true zombie fashion but unfortunately uh he did wind up eating a big punch and getting laid out I mean it was a tough fucking knockout like Max uh, uh, the other thing was was zombie actually said that max holloway has pillows for hands and that he doesn't get knockouts i was like oh no max was definitely confident in his striking in this fight and he was out there to prove something i feel like um now a lot of people were talking shit you know like oh zombies washed up that's why he retired and blah 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 max could only do this to somebody like zombie but dude the korean zombie has that name for a fucking reason and if he got he got out of that choke he got dropped before that um and he still survived but this one was bad this one max caught him on the chin turned him completely around as you can see in this picture and then zombie slammed his head against the the mat as well so it was like a face down knockout for sure 100 no doubt about it no waiting to see if this was going to get stopped that was it for zombie and that ended the fight 23 seconds into the third round zombie came out ready though he was he was ready to go it's like he he was like it's all or nothing right here right now it was a five round fight it was a main event so for some reason he decided to put it all out there and and put it all in the line and he definitely got the wrong side of that but it was it was entertaining as all hell and it was it was a fun fight to watch it was sad to watch zombie go out like that but you know of course max being the true gentleman he is and the great fucking person and fighter he is gave the zombie all the respect and made sure everyone cheered for him and he also kept his even though he was fighting for hawaii with everything going on with hawaii you know he still kept his his post-fight speech just short straight to the point and then gave the zombie all the time to speak his mind and and to do his entire retirement which he did and boy that shit got to me because uh i was like I, it was tough man i was like dude zombie's a fucking legend it was it was hard watching him talk you know he said something like 
he basically said like i'm here to be a champion i'm here to win a championship and get the belt and it, and it doesn't seem like i'm good enough to do that anymore so it's time for me to call it quits and retire and that's what he did so i respect that a lot the fact that he went out on his shield and went out like a warrior it was a nasty knockout but at the same time you're like that's a zombie like <laughs> you you don't you feel bad but you don't feel bad you know it's like i don't know how else he could go out except for surviving that and then coming back and knocking max out like that would only be poetic in a certain way but for him to go out this way even though he got knocked out cold um it still is like okay it's good to see him leave in the fashion that he wants to and and for them to uh for them to uh play his song as he's walking out to like oh shit here we go this is exactly what he said perhaps i'm old maybe i'm not good enough so my goal was always to show everything in the in every fight but i didn't show up every time so that is why i'm still here i couldn't prove it in the last fight and i'm especially disappointed i think it is right to put on a performance that i believe in so that is why I want one more fight. Oh, what the fuck? This is not even. I come. You know what? I completely grabbed the wrong picture and I know exactly what I did there. But that's all right. Because I basically told you what he said. So let's just disregard that one. I'm fucking up left and right tonight. That's okay. Uh, that was Zombie's last loss again when he fought for the or when he fought for the title against Volkanovski. This is what happens when I get ready too early. I should have checked over everything, but I didn't. But that's all right. <laughs> this, though, this one got me. He walked out of the cage. They're playing zombie again. Everybody's singing. Everybody's clapping and cheering, emotional. And, and you know, he walked out and met his wife and was just hugging her, crying. It was so emotional, man. It was tough. It was, it was really hard to watch. I have so much respect for the dude. And um, just... Just to watch him, you know, walk out and get emotional like that was hard to watch. But thank you, Korean Zombie, for all the great fights and just being a fucking legend, man. Even when I didn't even know really who he was, I heard about him over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been watching, I've been watching MMA for a long time, and he was always the legend the zombie and he even he doesn't even go by his real name chan sung jung is his real name and he he says he prefers a korean zombie like he'd rather be called the korean zombie and you know he didn't have like a ton of fights 17 and 8 overall so and his and his uh record wasn't that like really that bad that was his last fight against volkanovsky for the title back in 2022 um but yeah he's fought a lot of big names Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, Dennis Bermudez, Dustin Poirier, Mark Hominick, Leonard Garcia. I mean, he beat Dustin Poirier even. So, uh, yeah, lots of big names. Lots of great fights for the zombie. And uh, congrats to him on his retirement. And I hope that uh, that he moves on and, and does whatever he wants to do. Uh, he joked about being a pop star and, and uh, carrying on with a singing career. So, I mean, he's going out in good spirits, even though he got KO'd. But thanks to the Korean Zombie for all the memories and all the great fights. And I wish him well.
let's move on to this week's uh event ufc paris we got cyril gone versus sergey spivak in the main uh in the main event with the co-main event of Manon Furo versus uh, Thug Rose Nami Yunus. Um, let's see. How do I feel about this fight? Ah, man. I mean, I, I'm excited for, the, for to see Rose fight, but I'm a little worried because Manon Furo is, she's a fucking animal. She's a beast. She fucking punches very hard. She's bigger than Rose. And she's kind of scary. <laughs> but Rose is going up in weight. Uh, moving from uh, straw weight to fly weight. 115 to 125. And then you got Cheryl Gone versus Sergey Spivak in the heavyweight division. Sir, uh, Cyril Gone coming off that loss to John Jones for the vacant title. And man, did John Jones make him look silly. But... Uh, yeah, I think he's coming out ready to prove that that's not the type of fighter he really is. So he's coming off a loss, and Sergey Spivak is coming off a three-fight win streak. So it should be interesting. Let's see. Well, not a whole lot to talk about in the undercard. Not a lot of big names. Um, people that I even recognize. There's not a lot. You know, it's a, when they do. When they do specific locations for fights they try to get regional fighters um i've seen jocelyn edwards fight before versus nora Corno. um fucking everybody else man i don't know there's been a lot of talk about uh colin lockran i think he's an irish fighter undefeated 8-0 and He's coming from Cage Warriors. He's kind of taking the same route as uh, Conor McGregor. He's fought in... I think that's really where he's fought most of his fights at. In Cage Warriors. 8-0, undefeated. Colin Lockrain. I think that's how you say his name. Against Taylor Lupulus. Fuck, man. All these international cards, it's always so tough to say the names. 18 and 3 and he's on a 1 2 3 4 5 fight win streak so he's trying to beat that undefeated Irish fighter we'll see what happens there that's the only one I've seen a lot of buzz around in the undercard but we'll move on to the main card Morgan fuck I'm gonna have trouble saying all these names Morgan Terrari I don't know man against Manolo Zekni fucking tough ass name dude that's what happens with these international fights and I'm not even I'm not even sure I've heard of either one of these guys to be honest and I hate saying that but we've got <laughs> uh Char Charrier Charrier maybe uh 18 and 9 He's on a three-fight win streak, coming from Cage Warriors as well, against Zekini. Anolo Zekini. <laughs> He's from Italy. Eleven and three, on a two-fight win streak. 
and he's fighting over in Venator, which is actually an Italian organization. So, yeah, he's and he's got uh, two KOs in his last two fights. So, could be some fireworks here. I'm not exactly high on these guys. I don't really know who these guys are for the most part. There's a lot of fighters like that on this. So, the top of the card is really going to be the focus with one mixed in there. But let's move on to uh, William Gomez versus Giannis Gamori. I'm going to struggle with all these names and I apologize. Uh, William Gomez 12 and 2 versus Giannis Gamori 12 and 1. Fairly even matchup. Gomez is a. Uh, Gomez, I'm not sure how to say his last name. French fighter though, and he is two and zero in the UFC. Uh, twelve and two overall. Sorry, I, my computer is just being annoying today, apparently. But yeah, a lot of decision wins, a couple TKOs here and there. But he hasn't lost since 2016. So. He's definitely looking to keep that winning streak going. Against Giannis Murray. And a lot of these guys don't even have a lot of pictures to go off of. So that's kind of tough. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble finding a lot of these guys. Um, and some of them, you know, these are like first fights in the UFC even. So it's kind of a tough card, but also don't forget it's actually happening at uh it's it's gonna be the main card starts at 12 noon uh Arizona time. So it is a bit of an earlier card. But Gamori is 12 and 1 coming from Brave from the Brave CF Organization Brave Combat Federation. That's what it is. He is also hasn't lost since 2015. So the, both these guys are on long winning streaks, hoping to keep those alive. This is the debut fight of Giannis Gamori. So, and it looks like he has a lot of finishes. KO, TKO, TKO, submission, decision, decision. Yeah, a lot of a lot of finishes. So this could be a pretty exciting fight. With the guy with his debut trying to come in there and make things look pretty good for him. So, but moving on to Vulcan Ozdemir versus Bogdan Guskov, which I've heard a lot of stuff about this Guskov guy. Apparently, he's the underdog, but a lot of people are thinking he's going to come in and just wreck Vulcan. I'm not sure about that because I know Ozdemir is a badass, but I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with this fight um i saw a bunch of betting um a bunch of uh what do you call it social media like profiles that i that i follow that are for betting and they're all betting on this Guskov guy because he's an underdog and they say that there's a really good chance he's gonna come out and beat vulcan but i haven't heard much from him i believe he's a russian fighter but Volkan Ozdemir is from Switzerland, 18 and 7. Um, coming off a loss to Nikita Krylov, but he also but he beat Paul Craig before that. So, you know, not bad. Uh 
he does have a lot of decisions on his record so that's tough and he does have a lot of losses holy shit but 18 and 7 overall not too bad i still feel like i'm not sure how this uh bogdan uskov i have to like really pronounce the name because it's fucking tough uh i thought he was russian but he's uzbekistan uh 14 and 2 he was fighting in mma series which i've never really heard of before i've heard of mpl he's Muradov professional league oh maybe that's not the same but he is running on a four fight win streak right now all by tko or ko so that would explain why everybody's so high on this guy all of his fights are finishes he doesn't only his loss his one and only loss oh no he's got two losses one by ko and one by decision all of his wins are by tko or ko with a couple of submissions worth there's literally two submissions in there so that would be why everybody's so high on this guy thinking he's gonna finish Volk and Olsamir, which would be a hell of a debut for him if he does. Not a bad name to beat in your first fight in the uh in the UFC. So let's move on to Benoit. I, I don't know if it's Benoit or Benoit Saint Denis. I'm trying to say these names properly, but it's fucking tough. Uh So we got 11 and 1 for Saint. I know it looks like Saint Dennis, but it's, I, I believe it's Saint Den, Denis. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Benoit, Benoit, who knows? Again, versus Tiago Moises. <laughs> I'm no, I'm no language expert. That's for goddamn sure. I don't know how to pronunciate most of these names or pronounce, pronunciate, pronounce, most of, whatever. Fuck it. But Saint, Saint Denis is, uh, <laughs> God of War is his nickname. All right. Uh, 11 and 1. Coming off a three-fight win streak. Uh, all in the UFC. Uh, he has his first fight in the UFC was a loss, though, against Valeski Dos Santos. That was by a decision, but all of his wins are by finish. Submission, TKO, submission. And his last fight was in July against Is Ismael Bonfim. By submission face crank. That's a that's a good one. Uh but yeah, this should be a tough fight for uh Tiago Moises, who I have heard of and seen before. Right here against Bobby Green. He's 17 and 6 on a two-fight win streak. Uh let's see. He's got a loss to Islam Makachev. But he's got a win over Bobby Green and Michael Johnson. Not bad. Uh, not a lot of decisions, a lot of finishes. So on his record, so that's good. That's what I like to see because then if you got two guys who have a lot of finishes on their records, that means you're probably gonna get a pretty decent fight out of it, pretty exciting fight out of it. So not too bad. And now we get into the fights that I'm waiting to talk about for sure. Manon Puro. Versus Rose Nami Yunus. So if you know me, you know that Rose Nami Yunus is one of my favorite female fighters of all time. Maybe the favorite. Like I said before, she 
was fighting in the strawweight division at 115 pounds and is now moving up to 125 pounds for the flyweight division fighting Anon Furo, who is just man everybody talks about the crazy heavy strikes that she has she's 10 and 1 uh she's 10 and 1 overall and i believe she's undefeated in the ufc yes because her debut fight in mma is the only fight she's lost against surprisingly leah mccourt uh but she fought let's see she is one two three four five and oh in the ufc a lot of decisions but she punches hard she's fast and she's big <laughs> so that's what i'm worried about because uh rose has fought rose is just a smaller girl but she did say she was having trouble with the weight cut last fight that she had that oh god man she had that horrible fight against carla esparza one of the most boring fights probably i've seen in a long time and i hate saying that because i love rose Carla's not a very exciting fighter anyway but for rose not to be the one putting up the offense and pressing the action man that was a tough fight to watch and it was so bad that the judges were like fuck we're gonna have to give the belt to carla after rose just did not put up a good enough fight and just didn't look great so but apparently she had a lot of problems cutting weight and that's what made her decide to move up a new weight to a new weight division so but you know she's got to watch out for these big heavy punches by manon fiero look at those fucking arms dude that shit is just she's fucking yoked i i can't believe caitlin chukagan didn't get knocked out but chukagan is kind of a warrior and i kind of see rose in that same light um i think rose is better than chukagan but that might put her in position to possibly get knocked out but i feel like she's just as durable if not more durable than chikagian for sure so she's just got to watch out for these heavy punches maybe um force the grappling a little bit more uh let's see i don't think furo has any submission wins uh and her only loss is by decision so it's either a tko or a decision that's the way her fights go so uh but she's a fucking beast as you can see in this picture look at those fucking arms man like it's hard to not know that she's a tough bitch but <laughs> like she is strong and she's tough but rose namiunis is no stranger to fighting strong tough opponents i mean she fought most of the girls that are considered untouchable joanna and jacek when she was a champ seemed unbeatable untouchable uh Zhang Wei Li seemed like a world beater, seemed like nobody was gonna touch her, nobody was gonna beat her for a long time. And then Rose Amunis came in and beat her fucking twice. And and Wei Li is a heavy puncher as well and pretty goddamn strong. So Rose has got her number though. She definitely she she head kick knocked her out the first time. And then won by split decision the second time, but still dominated um, and still looked good. Uh, she's beat somebody who's considered a beast and a really heavy puncher in Jessica Andrade, even though this is all in the lower weight class. 
she still did it. Uh, she beat Jessica Andrade. Um, she beat Michelle Waterson by rear naked choke here. She's definitely got good grappling and good submission skills. Um, she's great on the ground if she can get you there, but she's got to be careful because against Jessica Andrade, she got that she got KO'd by that slam when she was trying to attack with the triangle. Um, Jessica Andrade is so strong and just picked her up and fucking slammed her on her head and fucked up her neck and, and KO'd her that way. So she's got to watch out for stuff like that when she's going for the submission and, and working that grappling when it comes to fighting Furo. Because Furo, as you can tell in that, in that other picture, is a fucking beast with those big arms. She's just so goddamn strong. So I'm a little worried for her rose in that aspect but like i said she's beaten all of these boogie women <laughs> that that are considered untouchable and you know she just had a a shitty off night when she fought carla esparza last which was may of 2022 it was a stinker of a fight it sucked and i can't believe that she lost by split decision and lost the belt carla esparza who by the way dropped it right away when she fought zhang wei lee uh, the very next time that she came out and fought. So, but Rose is a badass, like I said. Um, and she can definitely hang with a lot of the big names and a lot of the big punchers. She she did work against Jessica Andrade, like I said, the second time around. And got the win, even though she lost the first time. Uh, she came back and got a split decision win over her. And, and beat her up, quite frankly. So, um... She's used to heavy hitters. She's used to being durable and she's used to watching and watching out for those big heavy strikes and being strategic. So I don't know that she's gotten KO'd by that slam, but the rest of her the rest of her losses are either by submission or decision. She doesn't get knocked down on her feet. She doesn't get, you know. Um she she's durable and she's great. She's an ex-champ. So um She's trying to make her way to her goal, which she said was to become a two-division champion. So I'm looking out for her to do that as well. I'm hoping that she can get that second belt in the in the uh, strawweight division. So then she can be, you know, a double champ. Uh, it may not be simultaneously, but at least she's been a champ in both divisions. And I feel like that would be a great thing for Rose Namajunas before she decides to end her career. She's definitely one of those fighters that isn't all about fighting. She loves it. It's her life. But at the same time, she knows that there's more beyond fighting. And she's one of those girls that could just end. She's one of those fighters that could end their career at any time. One loss that gets them in their feels and, and decides she could just decide to walk away. And it, it's been, she's gone on big layoffs before. So it wouldn't be too surprising. I'm hoping that she can uh string together some wins in the strawweight division and i mean uh sorry flyweight division and make her way up to contention and at least be able to fight for the belt at some point in time but there's a lot of big girls in that flyweight division compared to the strawweight one so i hope that she keeps it together and does some work and we get a nice good win out of this fight on saturday now we get to the main event take the last sip As you can tell, Rose Namajunas, one of my favorite fighters. I, I love that girl. She's a great fighter. She's a great person. I, I've, I've 
followed her career since she was in Ultimate Fighter. And her boyfriend or husband, I think it's just boyfriend, but uh, Pat Berry, he's a badass too. So, anyway, main event Cyril Gon versus Sergey Spivak. This one's going to be tricky. And I say that because everyone's thinking Cyril Gon, crazy athletic, moves like a fucking middleweight. Uh, even though he's a heavyweight, he's he's built like his he's got that physique. Um, he's got the speed, he's got the striking. Uh I mean he's pretty good everywhere except for on the ground. He's not a good grappler, he's not a good wrestler. Uh he got taken down by um Francis Ngannou. I mean he got manhandled by John Jones, like horrible. That was a horrible display against John Jones, which John Jones, you know, is uh, is a legend, and a lot, a lot of people think he's the goat. But uh, you know, to go go up a weight division and just play with his opponent that way and make him look so bad, that's in a whole other level. And John Jones did that shit two minutes into the first round, just done. Took his ass down, made him look silly. Put him in a choke before he could even know what to do. And then walked away with Cyril gone in the background looking like his mom just took his uh, lollipop out of his mouth and he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I hate to say that, but Cyril gone got exposed in that fight against Sean Jones. And, and you can't say anything otherwise. He got exposed. He didn't look good. Uh, same thing against Nganu. You know, he just did not look like the fighter that he looked like before he fought Nganu. He looked great against Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov, uh, Charzinho Rosenstroke, the TKO against Junior DeSantos, um, submission against Dante Mays. I mean, Taito Ivasa, that KO. Taito Ivasa fucking dropped him, and he got back up, came back, and just wrecked uh, Ty. Like, just wrecked him. And, I mean, even though it was a great fight, it was entertaining as fuck. But he definitely did work. And, actually, I'm over here going off about it when I have some pictures from that. And this was that big punch against Taito Ibasa. You know, he's got this... Like I said, he's crazy athletic with these big flying knees. He definitely moves like a, like a lower weight fighter, for sure. And I feel like he doesn't take advantage of that enough. I feel like once he gets frustrated, he's done for. And, you know, this big crazy head kick against Tai Tuivasa. I hate seeing Tai go out like that, but that was an impressive win for Cyril Gon. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what he can do against Spivak, though. He's 11 and 2 overall. His only loss is being against John Jones and Francis Ngannou. So, two really big names, two of the biggest legends in the, in the game. Um, but he'll be fighting. Sergey Spivak, who also beat Derek Lewis with this just disrespectful fucking takedown by choke. <laughs> Spivak is 16 and 3. Uh coming off this win against Derek Lewis. Like I said, arm triangle choke submission win for Spivak in the first round. Which you know if you get Derek Lewis in this nasty position. And get him on the ground and frustrate him. He's gonna he's he's gonna tap quick and easy. Um, although it looks like Derek Lewis is getting in shape. There's some pictures going around recently in social media of him uh, running 
with uh, Nick Diaz, of all people. And he's looking pretty good. So that's exciting. We'll see when his next fight comes. If he comes out with a stronger six-pack than he did last time. <laughs> um, but Spivak is on a three-fight win streak. Greg Hardy, Augusta Sakai, and Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis being a fight that he uh, won in February of this year. TKO, TKO submission. He lost by TKO to Tom Aspinall, but then he's got decision, TKO, decision. But most of his recent fights have been finishes, whether he's lost or won. Uh, So let's see if he can keep that up against... Cyril gone, you know, and if he doesn't get you in a submission, he's definitely going to ground and pound you. He's got heavy hands as well. But I think Sergey Spivak is a really good wrestler and grappler and good on the ground overall. And that is where Cyril gone lacks in um, skills. So unless he's been working on that shit, because if I was him, I'd be like, I ain't never going to let anybody do what John Jones did to me. I would, I would not want to be embarrassed that way again. So I hope he's gotten in there and done work and, and fucking learned a lot. And hopefully he can uh, defend some takedowns and defend himself on the ground against Sergey Spivak, who is just manhandled people like Derek Lewis, who isn't great at grappling and wrestling as well. So, you know, if he can do that to Cyril Gone, that'll be impressive for him and not so good for Cyril. So hopefully Cyril Gone puts some of that athleticism to... Uh, work right now with this fight and defends everything on the ground. <laughs> See if he could do a little better than he did against Sean Jones. Either way, that's it for that. That's it for the show. I appreciate everybody joining in. Guntricity saying what's up in the chat. I appreciate that. Uh, keep out just timed in saying that was funny. Well, that's cool. He's enjoying something I was talking about there. I wasn't paying attention to the chat. I apologize. I was deep into talking about those fights. But thanks again for the support. Thanks for checking out the show. Come back again next Thursday, 7 p.m. Arizona time. Adjust for that wherever you are. Um, I apologize. I don't know where everybody's from. But thanks again for joining in and checking out the show. Don't forget the fights this weekend are uh, 12 p.m. Arizona time. Check out UFC.com and look at the, the card. It always tells you for your region, if you have your location on, what time the main card, what time the prelims are going to start. I always try to remind everybody here. Check it out. I'm out of here. Catch me next Thursday for a uh, recap of all these fights and then a preview of, the, of UFC 293, Israel Adesanya versus that bitch. Sean Strickland, I hate him. He's annoying. <laughs> You'll find out more about that next week if you join me. I'm um, sorry if I offend you by saying that, but I don't like Sean Strickland, and I hope he gets his ass whooped. Come back next week, and we'll find out why. Thanks again for joining in. I'm out of here. Take it easy. Have a good night. Enjoy the fights. Peace. <laughs>